United States of Lead is an informative podcast that may contain sensitive material and the occasional F-bomb. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the United States of Lead, a podcast about crime, mental decline, and the lead threat that links them. This week, we are going to focus on symptoms of chronic lead exposure and the current crisis we are facing here in America. I also had noted that I totally forgot. I know I mentioned already, though, but my lead-blooded kids' bop song, I still need to finish the lyrics. I saw, like, I see in the notes, it's just, like, just sort of dangling, like, you know, you know what it is, Paul. You know what it is. It's in your head. Yeah. And I did have it in my head while the entire time writing notes just lead blooded. Check it and see. That is the topic this week lead blooded Americans. Before we get into it, just a reminder to listeners that here are some of the psychiatric implications of chronic lead exposure found in a 2019 case report, which will be cited in our sources. Quote Somatic disorders mental status or personality changes, fatigue, irritability, personality changes, anxiety, aggression, dizziness, stress, depression, end quote. We have noted too, because there's just so many different symptoms to this. Some other noted chronic lead exposure symptoms are apathy, hallucinations, tremors, loss of coordination, weakness, tingling, convulsions, insomnia, and loss of appetite. And there are obviously physical side effects too, such as high blood pressure, heart disease, et cetera. But for this episode, we are going to focus on the neuropsychiatric aspects of chronic lead exposure. But I think you can see how we see so many of these symptoms in our society today. When I was looking at this, I thought, oh, I'm glad we're putting this back. I'm glad we're, we're starting off with this. We should really remind people about these symptoms. But then I was thinking like, how come this isn't common knowledge? It's, I mean, it's mm-hmm. with lead being so prevalent. I, I was even like, oh yeah, I'm glad that's here. Just to sort of remind me uh, heart disease and yeah. higher blood pressure. Just, just, just a reminder, water's wet. Yeah. <laughs> it should just be something that we all know about, which is just proof that we need to talk more about this. Yeah. And I know I've mentioned before that it's not just the United States. But there are things here that seem to be more prevalent than other places, but just worldwide. I mean, I know I told you that study in India where they estimated, I think it was 1.8 million deaths last year were just from air pollution. And the fact that we don't talk about this. But anyways, back to lead-blooded Americans. If you've listened to our podcast since the beginning, you will remember how we touched briefly on lead poisoning's links to the fall of the Roman Empire. We also drew comparisons in that episode between events in ancient Rome that led to the fall and events in the United States currently happening and that have happened in the recent past. So when I opened the news app on my phone and saw this article about a person in Rome, Georgia, whose online name is Burn It Down, I knew this was a synchronicity I could not ignore. I remember I sent that almost instantaneous of me opening my phone. And that was a couple of weeks ago. But I was just like, you can't make this shit up. That's insane. (laughs) How? 
So the person featured in this article is the perfect example of what I'm going to refer to as a lead-blooded American. As I have hypothesized before, when it comes to certain neuropsychiatric symptoms of lead poisoning, it seems as though lead acts as an accelerant to underlining mental health concerns with adults and also physical, but we're not, like I said, we're not really touching on that too much in this episode. And there seems to be a sector of supposed, quote, red-blooded Americans whose mental instability seems to be on overdrive. When I read through this article from the Washington Post about this person named Angela Rubino, aka Burn It Down, it furthered my belief in the correlations between lead exposure and the, de- and the decline we are witnessing and experiencing. Quick side note, this article is definitely worth the full read, and it also looks like there's an audio version that you can listen to. The article is from Stephanie McCrumman, I hope I pronounced your name right, I'm so sorry, for the Washington Post, published on June 11th, 2022, quote, six years into the grassroots movement unleashed by Donald Trump in his first presidential campaign, Angela Rubino is a case study in what the movement is becoming. Suspicious of almost everything, trusting of almost nothing, believing in almost no one other than those who share her unease. She has in many ways become a citizen of a parallel America, not just red America, but another America entirely. One she believes to be awash in domestic enemies, stolen elections, immigrant invaders, sexual predators, the machinations of global elite and other fresh nightmares revealed by the minute on her social media scrolls. She is known online as burn it down, end quote. It's important to note, too, that Rubino lives in the congressional district of Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene. And as Stephanie McCrumman notes, quote, the representative of the 14th Congressional District of America is how one local Republican has described Greene, whose district is mostly white, mostly rural, and has long been abandoned by national Democrats. The smartest district in the USA is how Greene has described her followers, end quote. So obviously I had to look and see just how smart they are. Right. (laughs) I mean, it's like when you hear something like that, it's like, okay, well, let's just take a look at the statistics. As the World Population Review's 2022 ranking of U.S. literacy rates by state, that opinion is of Marjorie Taylor Greene's is very subjective about them being the smartest district in the USA. And also worth noting that Rome City School District, which is ranked within the bottom 50% of all 210 school districts in Georgia. And if you look at this graph, they are not just dropping in their ranking, but the decline is shockingly dramatic. So I'm going to share my screen quick. So that's their school district and the average in Georgia. And just look at how it plummeted. It, it, it rose in 2015, so it'd be interesting to see what happened in 2015. And then, boom, back down again. But no matter what, even when it rose up, it was still farther than it was before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just had to share that because I saw the dramatic, sharp decline, and I just couldn't believe how dramatic it was. And also want to note, too, that I don't remember if I brought this up, but I kind of think I did that over half the U.S. population currently is considered illiterate. I think it's 54% of the U.S. is is officially considered illiterate, reading below a sixth grade level. I'm positive we've talked about this in the past because working in adult basic education and workforce development, it is absolutely 100% true that there's like different levels of literacy Mm -hmm. and most Americans are functionally illiterate, which is a weird way of saying it. I don't know enough about it, about this this scale. Um, I'm, I'm not, like, I can't assess anyone in this. How training has to be uh, for, like, an entry-level position, it has to be geared for, like, fifth and sixth grade literacy. Mm-hmm. The issue that I have is that we're really only acknowledging, like, one kind of intelligence. Yeah, Because true. the long-term plan... The 50-year plan completely erode Roe v. Wade is mm-hmm. uh, that was not dumb. That was that was a lot of people doing a lot of really hard work uh, mm-hmm. in, in an evil, evil way, mm-hmm. uh, in a racist, disgusting way. And but you know, not stupid. I think there's this like knee-jerk reaction for us to just 
point at someone's um, reading score and say that they're not intelligent, which, but that's like, that's one side. And I would love to get into that. But the other thing that's more important is I feel like there's an amount of brain matter labor, or it's not think it's thinking. And what I mean by this is these QAnon supporters spend a lot of time in their brain. They th- spend a lot yeah. of time thinking. So there's to, a lot of red lines going. There's like, so many red. That's such a yeah. great. That's so. There's so many red lines. There's so many connections. There's equations going on in their head. Yeah. They can bounce this off. They can meet other people, like-minded people, and they say mm-hmm. the same. They pair the same information back. Just like a republic of letters, they just like a, an academic setting. So the idea of like presenting this kind of shaming or anti-thought effort, like there's a lot of thought effort. There's a lot of kind of thinking going on with mm-hmm. to be like, you're not a good thinker. You're not smart. I, I, I'm, I'm just imagining that sounding completely ridiculous to Marjorie Taylor Greene, even though she's crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. horrible person, but she probably has more things going on in her head than I do. You know what I'm saying? Like there's more stuff going on to keep, to keep this worldview afloat than yeah. I, cause I can just sit back and eat Snickers and be okay with, I Thing don't know. Is, though, I don't think Marjorie Taylor Greene is part of that population. I mean, she does say some absolutely, well, no, she definitely is. Cause what did she call, uh, oh, the, the words that she's, accidentally interpreted wrong is that the gazpacho police yes the gazpacho police and there was one other one recently it had to do with fascism and i can't remember but she swapped the word but i would say though that it might not hinder your thinking but that it might hinder your critical thinking and that i believe there's a connection between illiteracy and critical thinking where you can see outside the opinion that you have to see the overall picture. It's a very narrow-minded, quote, intelligence that they have. I'm saying, ultimately, we're not benefiting from that kind of classification. Like, we're not not benefiting by pigeonholing these people or or excluding them from, well, that's not what I'm trying to say. Well, I can say that the reason I'm bringing this up is because this has been normalized as being okay. Mm. Yes. And that's where it's scary because this correlates to the defunding of education that has been happening over the past couple decades. The rise of this insanity is parallel to the drastic defunding of our education system. It has to be defunded too because it doesn't fit with their worldview. So after they spend yes. all this time inside there, that's really what, okay, so that's what where I'm trying to, was trying to bring this was like, it takes so much energy to maintain this fantasy. We all have our own yeah. little fantasies. Like, yeah. you know, I'm really good at my job or I'm a great driver. I'm sure that's a fantasy that my wife believes about, about that I have. And that we all have these kind of fantasies, but they have a fantasy about immigrants coming to get you. And it's all about these shared grievances. It has nothing to do with like that are based on reality. Yeah, it has nothing to do with where we want to go. It has nothing to do with the production of personal and communal value. Yeah. It has nothing to do with a shared vision for the future. Mm-hmm. It's a shared vision of subtraction. We need to get rid of these things in order to, to feel safe again. I want to go back to the tobacco company where mm-hmm. after the bans happened and they, they lost. And instead of, you know moving on they had to figure out a way to get their power back (laughs) and that's such a great parallel and that internal document because it happened that was in the 90s and Mm -hmm. the defunding of education like the big like when scott walker did the union bus state and really started the all the red states started to copy him with defunding education happened in the early 2000s and so internal tobacco companies saying We just have to feed them misinformation and they won't know what to believe. I guarantee you somewhere they had this discussion. Yeah. We need to defund education. We we can't allow people to think critically. You need your workforce to blindly just do what you want them to do and not question 
And it's funny because all these people are like, well, but I'm questioning everything. And it's like, you're doing exactly what they wanted you to do. (laughs) And you don't even realize you're doing it. The correlation is very easy between the defunding of education and the rise of this insanity. Because like, it's always been there. This is who we are. This is the tea party. This is the people who were in England and said, fuck you, I'm not paying my taxes. I'll just go invade this land and take it over. That is what this country is founded on. And we have to accept that. Is it who we like to believe we are? No, but we have to come with ter- to terms with our history. And like I said, that, that they don't want to teach real history because you said it disrupts their idea of what their agenda is and what their future is. And why I brought up before the episode, how there's red states that now are wanting to pass bills to teach, quote, both sides of the Holocaust. It's absolute insanity. It's so easy for radicals with radical agendas to rise to power and be supported in this climate because, as I mentioned that's where we are. (laughs) And that's something we have to get into now, but this is definitely something that we'll be discussing in a new podcast that we will be starting called Cult of Corporation, where we are going to dive deeper into manifest destiny culture of corporate America and not only corporate America, I mean, it's international, but uh, there's, there's a link that we really need to draw more attention to because with the rise of corporate power in making government decisions that leads to fascism. And we can see that very clearly right now. It's but its back, own kind of poison. It's its own kind yes. of poison. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Everything in life should be, you know, it's, I always say the Delphic oracles, know thyself and nothing in excess. And we really got to bring that balance back between the power that corporations have and the power that we have. Because like I mentioned, like it went from corporations having regulations and responsibilities to now Mm -hmm. you just deal with it. We're going to do whatever we want and you have to figure it out. That power dynamic switch is pretty alarming. But back to this Washington Post article, quote, those followers, which are referring to Marjorie Taylor Greene's followers, including Rabino, a married 40 year old mother of two a New York transplant who had worked in restaurants and flipped houses for a living and once believed politics was only for the powerful, end quote. Now, I read this and now knowing what we know regarding lead exposure, I saw that she flipped houses in New York and could not help but speculate the amount of lead that she was exposed to. That's super interesting. Yeah, everything about this article was just this like, here you go, Andrea of like making connections. Uh, So I decided to do some digging and I found an inactive Twitter account that appears to be Rubino's and it features flipped homes in New York and references home renovations in Rome, Georgia. So obviously it's her, like the the idea that there would be another Angela Rubino who lived in New York and Rome, Georgia, probably not. (laughs) (laughs) Strange, strange competitor in the market. That was. Yeah. And so, again, who she once believed politics was only for the powerful. When looking at her Twitter, it's a lot of, you know, her trying to like do these GoFundMes to renovate houses and, you know, get the money and this and that and clearly feeling disempowered. Mm -hmm. And again, that tart, why it's they're so people like this are so susceptible. You want to have some sort of control in your life and you don't. And this radical agenda and narrative gives you that cult of people where you feel that you do have it. And with the rise of like Marjorie Taylor Greene, oh, well, she's just like me. I can do this too. And so it gives you that notion because like all of her tweets, like she's tweeting at those, God, what was that guy's name? Chad or Chip? One of those. Chip and Joanna Gaines. Yes. And so she like ats them and like, you know, she's trying to get this power and she doesn't get it. And those are the people that are most susceptible to this. And so it was just so interesting reading through her. And I highly suggest you take a look at it before they delete it. So (laughs) there's a lot. Go ahead. (laughs) I'm just throwing, I'm blown away by this like chip in to help me make money. Like it's not a GoFundMe where you get stuff, right? It's. Well, so that I I clicked on the GoFundMe and it's no longer active. So I can't see, 
It was specifically for renovating Rome, Georgia. I like old places in Rome, Georgia. Okay. So, okay. But then I think she had ones for New York too, because all the links are inactive, but some of the descriptions specifically talk about renovating places from Georgia. And that's the sad thing is like these old dilapidated towns and this concept of why the money isn't there. Well, it's because of the Democrats. That's why you don't have money for, you know, it's, it's that spinning of not the corporations that are running everything being not paying their taxes and then them getting you to believe that you shouldn't have to. You know, it'd really be interesting now that I thought about that. I want to do an episode on the OG Tea Party and the people who convinced people not to pay their taxes and to to flee. I really want to do like a more in-depth connection between that just to see. I think we're beautifully off topic right now, but right where we need to be. And um, that is very astute. Anti-tax. Yeah. Anti-vax, anti-intellectual. <laughs> Don't, they're going to use that. <laughs> that works too well. Anti-tax, anti-vax. Yeah. I don't know. I keep coming back to this idea. This is my foundation. This is my new foundational thinking is that this is all about being able to tell people what to do and being able to not be told what to do. Yes. I think it's just that simple. And And that is what we were founded on. And we have to accept that. It doesn't mean that me and you and people listening have that belief, but this country was founded on that. And if that's not who we are, in this GoFundMe effort, it appears, it just appears, and I'm also like putting my own personal experience with people who have done GoFundMe's like this, where like, it's like, help me fix my porch. Um, yeah. No. <laughs> help me. <laughs> I don't know if you've had a traumatic brain injury, let's talk. But anyway, um, <laughs> this is just externalized taxation, right? This yeah, is like. Yeah. This is just unstrategic taxation. Like, let's pull, well, I don't want us to get taxed, but let's pull all of our resources together so that we can benefit in a specific area. But that area is mine. That is such a perfect correlation. So, well, you pointed it out. (laughs) Well, you, you, you drove it home though. And I was looking on social media and they showed the median pay to have a a livable wage, like what the livable wage is to sustain yourself and how it's dropped $22,000 from, I think, 2002 to 2022 or something like that. Used to be like 68,000 was the mean and now it's like 45 or something crazy. That's the livable wage? The median livable wage. Yeah. Of what, what you can make to like have a good life, basically. Sure. Not just get by, but like, yeah, you know, and it's dropped even though price, like, so it just showed like, it's like nothing correlates. And then these disenfranchised people who can't use critical thinking then automatically get sucked into this because yeah, you're right. We are in a really crappy place and it really does suck, but you're looking at the wrong people, Mm. you know? So it's that idea of taking part of a truth, shocker, the corporations, tobacco, just give them a part of the truth. Just leave yeah. out this part. They're and doing it. Ex- yeah. They're doing it. And it's sad. That's the thing is it's really sad because who's making still billions and billions of profits? The corporations are. The CEOs are. Not the workers. But yeah, it's just very frustrating because all of that money that, you know, they want to renovate Rome, Georgia could be coming from corporations getting taxed like they're supposed to. Right. There's a lot of speculating we can do regarding the tweets on this account, but I'd like to come back to that in our after episode discussion because there's a lot to look at. The one speculation I will share now is from one of the tweets that she has from a house in New York she shares as a listing, and it's in Middleton, New York. So Obviously, I had to do a quick Google search for that area to see if there's anything related to lead poisoning. And the first things that pop up from June 8th, 2022, so clearly recently, quote, Newburgh and Middleton are at different stages of tracking and removing water lines with lead in them. 
and the stakes are life and death, end quote. <laughs> so clearly they got a lead problem. And the Orange County Lead Poisoning Prevention, which is the county they're in, they state, quote, the city of Newburgh and the city of Middleton with high rates of childhood lead poisoning, asthma, triggers, and other environmental health hazards, end quote. So there's that. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting seeing certain correlations. Like I said, I think I brought this up with like the Green River Killer. Right. Who worked in the paint department at an automotive manufacturer. Like, come on, people. That correlation there, it's like, okay, can I say that this is what it is? No, but can I draw some conclusions and speculate? Absolutely. Back to this Washington Post article, quote, Rabino saw a person like herself in Marjorie Taylor Greene a political outsider who shared the same sense of urgency about the same dystopian America, one that required a popular uprising to save it. To that end, Rubino had so far managed to rally enough people to get the county election board ousted, replacing its members with those who believed that the 2020 election was stolen. She was part of a group called the Domestically Terrorized Moms, that was pressing the local school board to get rid of curriculum they believed to be grooming children for sexual predators, end quote. They banded together Mm -hmm. and ousted their county election board. So let's talk about this concept of them putting in their own election officials. Even here in Wisconsin, they decided that the ballot drop-off boxes are illegal. Yeah, that's really scary. Very scary. And do they also decide that you can't drop someone else's? Is that somewhere else is? Oh, I'm not sure. Like, because you can still drop it off, but you can't put it in one of those secured ballot boxes. You have to give it to a counting official or voting person. I feel like I heard somewhere else that someone made it illegal for like me to return your. Oh, yeah. If I live with my mother or my wife. And I, she's not I couldn't able drop, to. I couldn't just bring them both in. I had, we both had to. Absolutely. They're going to make it as difficult as possible. Yeah. Also too, I did find her Facebook profile <laughs> and I'm so shocked that she's part of that movement saying that drag queens are grooming kids by like these drag queen brunches and drag queens reading at schools. You know, this idea of grooming children for sexual predators. And it's just so narrow-minded and again part of lead poisoning Mm -hmm. like how it makes your brain wired a certain way you don't see the grooming and sexual predators in the church yeah i you're voting for joe arpaio you're supporting brett kavanaugh it's the hypocrisy yeah and they don't see it like angela rubino doesn't see it i'm not saying the people who are orchestrating this don't see it they know that misinformation is how they're going to get their way they know the chaos is how they're going to keep their power that's something that maybe we could look into with the cult of uh, corporation is that like what kind of kool-aid are different groups drinking mm-hmm. the picture that i'm painting from what you're saying or that you, you've painted so well well is like you know, one group of people believing something and then another group of people orchestrating it. And I mm-hmm. wonder if there's even another level, which is like the Steve Bannons of the world who are mm. very, very, very aware of their agendas. Like they yeah. want a specific thing. They're yeah. willing to use white supremacy. They're, I mean, they are white supremacists, but they'll burn it down to rule over the ashes. Yeah. That's what they want. And yeah. then there's another group of people like who we're talking about who are worried about teachers becoming drag queen groomers which is a, <laughs> who teach nothing but legal theory on critical race theory and yeah. um, make white people feel uncomfortable but then i wonder if there's another like group in power that has another sort of another kind of blinder that they ritually wear i know there's someone in the boardroom at the cigarette company pulling the strings but I feel like there must be other people in the boardroom who have their own kind of crazy going on. I don't know. It's worth looking into, though. I feel like, too, with a lot of the stuff that we do, like these things kind of fall into our feeds and onto our news stuff. Right. So, you know what I mean? So I guess there's a pro to that. Well, there was a, and there's, 
synchronicity is a real thing. It's heck yeah. Sorry for getting off topic. No, I feel like it wasn't necessarily off topic. It's important to emphasize, too, that Rubino is not alone from that same Washington Post article, quote, there was a military contractor who said he'd been reading a Russian book about CIA-sponsored regime change operations, which he believed included the last U.S. presidential election. There were women who believed public schools were indoctrinating children with left-wing ideology, retirees who believed that the coronavirus was a bioweapon, a mechanic who wore earbuds all day streaming War Room, a podcast in which former Trump strategist, who you just mentioned, Stephen K. Bannon, was urging people to take over local Republican parties, end quote. Now, can we talk a bit about the people that were just mentioned? Military contractor, school teachers, mechanics. These are all professions that have a higher risk of lead exposure. And it would be one thing if these radicals were simply getting on their soapboxes with Mm -hmm. themselves and spewing nonsense to each other, but they're heavily armed. And we have seen, obviously, the rise of shootings in this country and the accessibility and marketing for guns and ammo has also been on the rise for decades. And we've already discussed the dramatic risks of lead exposure from lead ammunition. Oh, and also, too, they discuss how at this place they have gun accessories, like with Trump and the American flag and all this stuff, to just show how their culture is surrounded by guns and ammunition and just the amount of exposure that must be there. But yeah, Yeah. again, highly recommend that you just read this full article all the way through because it's just, it's worth the read. She's digging in dumpsters, finding shredded paper and banning people together to get these bags and each individual tiny shred of paper, connect them all together and tape them together to see what they said from the election places. So people's addresses, phone numbers, criminal records. That's so much effort. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, and. And what you could be doing instead. Well, (laughs) you know what I mean? (laughs) I, I keep coming back to this idea of like shaming them. Like there's clearly a lot of passion and effort in this. And it's like, what am I trying to say? I don't think I could sway this person by pointing out what they don't know because they think that they've done so much. They know more than you. They clearly know more than me because they're digging in dumpsters. I'm not (laughs) digging in dumpsters. I'll just just Google something. The alarming implication of the defunding of education. Right. It's like arguing with a toddler. You know, if the toddler says that this is this. And you having the experience and education that you have to say, well, actually, that's not true. You're not going to convince that toddler until it affects them or they experience it. And even then they might not, you know, and so it's just that idea of your brain needs to develop to a certain place to be able to draw these conclusions rationally. If you're stunted to think in a certain way, like if your brain doesn't exceed that, you might not be able to draw those conclusions before it's too late. This is just a question. What if this is a totally rational outcome from, like you were saying, this inability to accept the truth? So we have had this education system, a rather robust education system for, you know, quite a while, public education for quite a while, but we've been been pushing things that are not true, like Mm -hmm. America creating itself and not stealing a bunch of land and America Mm -hmm. building itself and not robbing human beings of their lives and and keeping them in chattel slavery. So is the thing that we really learn, is it our ABCs and one, two, threes, or is it how to mask, like the the real lesson from education is, is it how to, to mask a fantasy? And is this the outcome of that, where we've just gone oh, so God. long without yes. actually acknowledging something? It's like, well, we couldn't really ever acknowledge this, so it has to be aliens. We can't actually acknowledge this, so it has to be I have to say, immigrants. too, so this is what, what I believe. Yeah. Because it's not like to say, too, that all states have the same quality education. Sure. I mean, I grew up in a school district that had a lot of money to go towards education. Mm-hmm. went to a college that had a very great program. I think too, is that it's connected to the narcissism. So it's 
a lot of these people too only see from, like you said, that idea of America and they don't see outside of themselves or outside of America. Sure. When I got to the U and I had my American Indian studies and learning about the reality of America being founded, Mm -hmm. that was absolutely shocking. And it did go, I'm like, oh my God, everything that I was taught about, you know, the the school plays that we had with the Indians and the pilgrims, you know, hugging and dancing, all of that was a lie. But I did not from that instant then spy, you know what I mean? It's that idea then that's the spy, like all of those truths were very hard and it did cause me to learn more about it and educate myself more, but it opened my mind. It wanted me to broaden my perspective where I feel like what is happening here is it's the opposite. Right. They don't want to see outside of it. It's only this. It's the two polar opposites of where you can go with finding out information that you didn't know before, I guess. I don't know if I worded that right, but there's always two ways you can look at something. There's always two ways you can use knowledge. The same with the corporations. They could they could be doing things much differently with their power and money to um, further humanity if they wanted to, but they're not. <laughs> or the, it's like you know, Star Wars, the force. How are you going to use the force? Oh, the two ways of people using the force, all of this dismantling and crumbling, regardless of what perspective you're seeing it on needed to happen in a sense. Like you said, a lot of what we were taught is not accurate. (laughs) We do need to come to terms with who we are as a country, how this country was founded. This narrative where this, you know, saying that, you know, they don't want to pay their taxes, even though. If the people who actually had to pay their taxes paid their taxes, you'd be better off just shows it's just it it doesn't make sense. And that's the thing is, is I'm trying very hard not to make sense out of things that don't make sense, because sometimes you can't make sense out of things that don't make sense. But I want to understand why they follow it. And I think it all comes down to critical thinking. You know, they see themselves as being disenfranchised and their quality of life has gone down. Their health has gone down. Their pay has gone down, but all of these things that are happening to them aren't happening for the reasons they're saying they're happening. And that's the problem. You know, if more people could be like, yeah, you're right. Your, your life does suck right now, but this yeah. is not the person causing it. <laughs> I've heard people you describe know? this as like you, someone who's, who washes a mirror to clean their face. And I feel like it does make sense if we look at it, which we, you and I have both done. Uh, if we look at it just from the lens of, I'm going to call it like the deal of misogyny or like the deal of racism. I get to be male, so I should have this this certain status or power or the ability yes. to tell people off. I, I'm white, so I have this certain mm-hmm. ability to, to be uh, free of certain burdens or at least throw these mm-hmm. burdens onto someone else or at, yeah. le- at the very least... I get to not have less than other people in society. Like that's a really weird equation to base a country on. And I, I'm I'm <laughs> asserting that we're that's what we've done. Like yeah. there are some people, these one percenters who getting back to that, who like might have a very aware, open, conscious view of like, no, we're pulling your strings. Yep, this is totally what we do. But the captains of the ship or the, the next level down, I wonder if they're sort of part of this too and they don't Fight. they've drank their own kind of Kool-Aid. And then what I'm really trying to get at this is, I don't know if it's an education issue where people have to be taught something as much as you pointed this, you just said this, where people just need to have enough food. They need to have like pipes that don't kill them and paint chips that don't yes. ruin their kids' It's a distraction from and, what's important. Right, let's live good lives. And instead of like, I need to fight for my extra dollar an hour at the the dollar store like the reason why we don't have health care universal health care in this country is that the majority of white people don't want to see black and brown people do well i mean like i, I don't know i think i don't think that's it i think because i was just it was gonna pop in my head mm-hmm. i think there's a small mi- minority of white people who don't want that and they convince a larger majority of white people of the reasons to scare because 
I saw a tweet about somebody talking about how if minimum wage went up to $15, your Taco Bell is going to cost $38. And this person going, minimum wage in Washington is $15 and a Taco Bell, whatever, Chalupa is like $380. The uneducated, quote, disenfranchised white people Mm -hmm. see that person that they look to on Fox News who says your Chalupa is going to cost $38 if minimum wage goes up to 15 and they believe it. And it's the same with healthcare. There's this weird idea that it's going to cost them. It's going to take more from them because so much has been taken from them. And they, they, it's just complete ignorance. I think there's definitely, yes, there is a sector of white people who do see it from that. But I think there's the half and half. There's the people who have very intentional reasonings for that. And then there's the people who, actually, I'm going to say there's three. There's the people who have the power, the very intentional, super racist. There's the people who that are racist and disenfranchised and just stupid enough to follow along with the narrative because they see themselves, like you said, superior than others. Mm -hmm. And then there's a sector that's just completely flippant ignorant and see it as just the money part of like, I don't have anything now. I'm going to have less if this happens. So I don't disagree with you with that, but I do disagree with you about the relationship of systemic racism and agency. And I would say that everyone involved in that is participating in racism. No, they're participating. I don't think they're aware. I would even say, I would, well, sure. And I would, I, I, that's, yeah, that's, that's a big part of the problem, right? That's Uh, what I mean. And hence education. And I would even (laughs) say, I would go so far as to say that they are racist in that regard. Like they are participating in race. They are benefiting from a racist system. They are. They're producing their own, they're producing their identity through the lens of racial division, racial superiority, racial whatever. Absolutely. Uh, and this applies to misogyny, it applies to a number of different uh, systemic oppressive systems. I would say that my statement about just because someone doesn't have an active, like active agency about, like they don't have an active awareness of how they're behaving, they're still participating in that which is what we like I think we have to acknowledge as, as opposed to like and this is a view of I'm racism I'm not saying they're participating I'm saying that there's people that aren't intentionally mm-hmm. doing it Oh and I'm not I'm not uh, yeah. I'm not disagreeing with that one bit absolutely cuz it's it's like a fish saying you know not realizing that water's wet like they're just moving around and yeah. they're they're not intentionally doing it they don't want to like burn a cross on someone but they also don't Some like you just do. said they yes there are yeah but they also will do something where they'll say, I don't want the little that I have to go mm-hmm. to someone else. Yes. I don't want the little that I feel I deserve to be taken from me by these other other people. And that's a racist. That's someone who's caught in a racist system. Who, They're who not has, getting it's not taken from them. It's taken from the billionaires, the oligarchs. You know 100%. what I mean? Like they don't even get that. So they don't even get it. they've been educated to believe in this scarcity in one part where that they deserve this kind of thing for this reason. Yeah. And then another part of like, it's going to be taken from me. They're trapped. They're just, they're they're oppressed by it as well, which is a weird thing to say, but it's, no one's benefiting from this except for these small yes. like again oh, <laughs> all you gotta do is look at them and their little tiny sector and system what what no no what? no that's oh. just you guys <laughs> the reason i brought it up too is because this is another problem and very calculated by these powers that we're talking about the corporations mm-hmm. who lobby run our government pay off politicians divide and conquer is how you maintain your power it's on both sides that's that documentary, that Netflix documentary is so good, who we are. You're participating in it doesn't mean that it's your intent, but they use that other side uses to say, no, they're saying you're intentionally doing this. And then it's a personal attack. Do you know what I mean? And so it's this constant division. I do. It's not I do. saying that we're, we do need to figure this out. And our country was based on white supremacy, going back to education and why 
they want to now teach the other side of the Holocaust. And they want their narrative to be what is considered good. Why, again, going back to education, had I not had my American studies courses in college, I never would have known about the actual origins, you know, and I forget how old we are. So have to think about that too, with the rise of this, like we get, we really got to nip this in the bud and, and the defunding of education. All of that happened when I was in college and all of those studies of the reality were at like a height of popularity, I feel like. And a lot of people in our generation had their eyes opened up to, hey, wait a minute. And we're now the generation that should be in power right now. Okay. So yeah. And they're holding on to it. They're holding Uh, on to it. They're holding on to it because there is a quiet mechanism of white supremacy where Mm -hmm. that larger group that you're talking about that I was saying doesn't want black and brown people to have health care. And it's not that they're actively in the past, in the recent past, in our lifetime and a little bit beyond. It's not that they have been actively fighting against the increase of benefits to oppressed people. Yeah. It's it's that when they're in the voting booth and they have to make a decision between another, you know, either hundred or maybe a thousand dollar increase in their property tax Mm -hmm. and kids not having lead paint in their schools. And those schools are, you know, those schools are predominantly black and brown kids. Yeah. Those probably people of color that they're going to pick, you know, fewer, less property tax. Absolutely. They're going to pick paying fewer dollars. That is the most insidious form of racial and and social oppression that Mm -hmm. we face. And I think what we're experiencing now, and I totally agree that uh, this current generation and the generations that are around right now, they're not buying it. Gen X started to drink a lot of that Kool-Aid and Mm -hmm. uh, millennials are absolutely like, this is just not working. Gen Z is (laughs) like, this is broken. We're going to tear this down. Yeah. So yeah, it's really scary for for the people in power. Well, I'd say too though, I'm I'm going back to the both sides and we also have to start drawing attention to Politicians shouldn't be making as much as they're making. Politicians, Poli- yeah. So politicians so, in general, not not Republicans, not Democrats. We the people have to come together as the system as a whole. The power of lobbyists, the power of stock trading. Yeah. While you're yeah, the, in power, that the is stock absurd. market is not. Yeah, yeah. Stock market is not the uh, the economy. And well, they um, showed in the timeline that guy who bought the stocks before he made deci- executive yep. decisions of what the like. Are you kidding me? So that's where it's like that because they want to draw the attention to these people are doing it and these people are doing it. And it's like they're all doing it. Mm-hmm. Also, side note, how the fuck is Ron DeSantis only three years older than me? Oh, four years older than me. What? How old is he? He's 43. I'm 43. Red, Red DeSantis is the same age as you. Can you believe that? All is right. that not mind-blowing? I don't know anything about his past, so I'm he just looks saying, like he's a look million years him. old. Yeah. That's what I mean. Just look at him. Well, I that's thought... what happens when you just when you tell that, <laughs> that many lies. <laughs> Where is Anya? Where is Anya? Well, yeah, look at Steve Bannon. Good Lord. He's 32. <laughs> Oh my god. We got way off topic. Way off topic. Yeah. It's in, but it's it's all important because if we're if we're <laughs> You're just talking about editing and like I I don't know, whatever can fit in. I need to stop speaking out loud when it comes to stuff like that because I always end up <laughs> screwing myself, self-sabotage. But this all ties to lead poisoning though. They don't have the money to take care of us because the money they get is from the corporations and they want to keep getting their money. All of them. Yeah. Getting back to Angela Rubino and Rome, Georgia. Let's take a look at Georgia's lead levels from Georgia's occupational health surveillance quote. Lead is a soft, malleable and heavy post transition metal that is highly poisonous to animals and humans. It can be found both in the environment and in the workplace. As a neurotoxin, lead accumulates both in soft tissue and in bones. 
causing hypertension, cognitive dysfunction, adverse effects of renal function, and adverse effects on female reproductive outcomes. In the United States, about 90% of adult lead poisoning is caused by occupational exposures. The primary exposure pathways of lead are through inhalation and ingestion. In general, approximately 100% of inhaled lead is absorbed, compared with about 20 to 70% of that ingested. Adults are exposed to lead mainly by breathing in lead dust and fumes at work or from hobbies that involve lead, end quote. Now, this is news to me. I, the 100% inhaled lead is absorbed. And compare it to what you get absorbed from ingestion mm-hmm. when that's always been the focus is eating lead paint chips. So, quote, for example, construction workers are exposed to lead during the removal, renovation, hello, Mm -hmm. or demolition of structures painted with lead pigments, end quote. So I'm going to go back to the woman featured in that Washington Post article who noted doing DIY home renovations. I am going to actually just quick pick up and share my screen quickly. So this is her Twitter, and I got to go to... This is one of the places in Rome, Georgia, that she had, like, as her, you know, DIY flipping. Mm-hmm. And, nice columns. Uh, old as fuck. Oh, yeah. And clearly probably has lead. So, oh, yeah. This where, is, like, on the on the lead scale, this is uh, in guaranteed. Yeah. So that's what that woman did. And now knowing that 100% of lead dust inhaled or just lead inhaled, whether it be lead dust or fumes, is absorbed. It makes sense to me. I mean, I saw this, I just picture, it's. I know it's really heavy. So like if you inhale it, I I didn't have this thought before. If you inhale it and it goes into your lungs, it's a small particle, but I'm I'm just picturing it not being able to escape. It's kind of finds a little place to sit and doesn't come out. I feel like it's explaining a lot. And like we said, There's no way for us to really get to the bottom because it's very difficult to even get a lead test done. Oh, and Marjorie Taylor Greene, I, of course, had to look up what her parents did for a living (laughs) because talk about somebody who exhibits a lot of symptoms of lead poisoning. Right. What did her father do? Oh, (laughs) he's noted as owning Taylor Commercial Incorporated, which is, quote, a professional general contractor headquartered and Alpharetta, Georgia, that has been serving the multifamily industry since 1969. So there you go. There's always this connection. Right. I couldn't find what her mom did or if her mom worked. Like there was no information. And that's the other thing, too, that's so shady is like trying to find information. You really have to dig to find certain information where it's like, what are you hiding? You know, you were telling me about that with, uh, What's his face? First wife, that awful human being. Oh, Clarence Thomas. Clarence That's Thomas, shady yeah. Too. Yeah, super shady. You'd think that there's would be like a lot of info. Where her parent? Yeah, like this is where she grew up, and this is someone would have written an article. You know, Wikipedia page. Yeah, like Marjorie Taylor Greene's Wikipedia page. I went. It's like it's very, very calculated on how they wrote that. But obviously, that made me have to. I'm going to share my screen. One more time, because I got to share this PDF. Going to this Georgia Occupational Health Surveillance PDF that I found. So if you scroll through, it shows you Georgia's blood lead levels. The difference between age groups and worth noting how high it is in certain age groups. And male versus female. Look at how much more susceptible. And I mean, obviously, too, like when we talk about occupational hazards, I did plan on this episode getting into lead's connection to testosterone because it does seem to affect men more than women. And I do have some some studies about that, but we don't have time to get into it. I just feel like lead-blooded Americans is going to be its own continuation where we focus specifically on certain people. It definitely seems to affect testosterone differently than estrogen, which is pretty interesting. But if you go down here, I mean, but that's dramatic. Look at the difference between. Oh, absolutely. And those are not comfortable numbers. No. That's a lot of, that's a lot of micrograms. Mm-hmm. And so this so is then, like a range of like from 14 to 
to like three. Is that right? Am I reading that? Or 19 to three yeah. men, to, male to female yeah. in one category. That's a huge jump. And then so here it is by district. Okay. And you see the amount of cases and they're all super high except for South Valdosta, which I think they just didn't even bother doing it because there's no data there. <laughs> And then you see <laughs> those people are putting lead into the earth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're deleading. Yeah, putting it back. That's negative five or a, a, you know less than five. Yeah. So there's Rome, like Northwest okay. Rome, which yeah. it's high. DeKalb County or DeKalb District is and West Central Columbus and Augusta. Holy buckets! Like they just given up. Yeah, shows you too where. Wow. Yeah, and this is a great PDF. But the important thing, obviously, again, certain industries are more likely to have lead exposure, such as manufacturers, ceramics, electrical components, plumbing fixtures, lead bullets, and rechargeable batteries. Lead exposure can occur not only during production, but also use, repair, recycling of the lead materials. We have to talk about the connection between this gun obsession and other countries have mental instability. Other countries have all of these factors, but the one factor they don't have is the guns and the gun culture. Mm-hmm. And we always talk about the guns, but we don't talk about the lead ammunition that they're constantly surrounded by. Yeah, and we don't test. Yeah. So their cases too have consistently gone up. This sheet's a little outdated, but as we showed, the huge drop as far as that one district where Angela Rubino lives and the lead rising, the drop in that and the rise in lead. Right. At, as at the same years. It's just sad. Now, though, for something that's <laughs> going to make us question everything that we've been discussing, that PDF we just looked at is only focused on your blood lead level. And that's always the indicator for how much lead is in your system that we've been told. And we've also discussed how lead replaces calcium in your body, but we haven't looked much into that. Remember when I brought up how Dr. Needleman was studying lead exposure from kids and he collected the baby teeth? Yeah. And you were like, oh, like, I wonder if there's a, is there a difference? And I said, I don't know. Well, (laughs) we're finding our answer. (laughs) Yeah. Well, during research on this topic, I came across a study related to how just checking someone's blood lead level isn't enough and doesn't necessarily give you an accurate lead count. From a case report in a publication entitled Military Medicine from 2019, quote, there is a growing awareness of chronic exposure to lead, with recent evidence indicating that there is an increased risk of a range of health effects that include cardiovascular, kidney, cognitive, and premature mortality at blood lead levels lower than what was previously considered elevated. And notice how they don't say considered safe. They say totally elevated, which is the appropriate term you should be using. This report describes the case of a 42-year-old active duty officer with a history of anxiety, cognitive impairment, and paroxysmal hypersensitive episodes associated with elevated body burdens of lead as measured in bone while having low or unremarkable blood lead level measurements. So interesting. So apt to what we were talking about. Yeah. An elevated body burden of lead may contribute to increased irritability, fatigue, and anxiety, mimicking post-traumatic stress disorder and other primary psychiatric conditions, end quote. Mm-hmm. I think about, too, the results that I got back. That's just looking at my blood. I don't know how much lead is in my bones. Everything talks about your blood lead levels. I've never, on all the studies that we've been doing, they don't talk about there being a different count. Yeah, it's kind of like lead fatigue or a lead stress. And, um, you know, for anyone listening and trying to wrap their head around it, another example of this might be someone who who isn't even diabetic or pre-diabetic, but they have grown up around sugar. Maybe they didn't drink a lot of water as a kid. They drank a lot of juices or sodas. And again, they are not diabetic. They get a test and they're not going to They're not going to, that switch isn't going to be flipped, but they've experienced decades of increased insulin production. Their body has had to filter all of that sugar and some of the toxins that have created from that. There's an increase in, what is it, cortisol from, and that adds to uh, stress. And the overall effect of this is not diabetes, 
but it is this kind of like chronic stress from exposure. It's a lot of things that you see in the news that mm -hmm. they give you all these helpful tips of how to deal with without talking about this possibly being a reason for why you have them. Yeah, who doesn't have this? <laughs> we set our exposure to lead, especially after all the wonderful things that Donald Trump decided to do is dramatically on the rise in our country. Yeah. So, quote, environmental lead exposure is a recognized risk factor for hypertension, and the latest research shows significant associations between all-cause mortality, cardiovascular disease mortality, and blood lead levels as low as one microgram per deciliter. The National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health has designated five micrograms as the new reference blood lead level for adults, end quote. Yeah, like it caps is anyone talking about this we have information like this and it's no it's just shocking that we don't talk about it right but i was talking to my mom about it and it's like she brought up well what about workers comp and wrongful death cases absolutely we literally don't know how to price it. we could not budget for this change yeah <laughs> so, it would be a, a revamping of our economy yes, which is really so, scary and also knowing this now that as low as one and that doctor wouldn't tell me my, my yeah. number, you have that. Well, we don't give that information out. Cool. Your blood lead level might not even be what's actually in your body. Well, sure. And if you are at 0 0.3 and over the course of a year, you find that it's 0 0.7 what changed in your that's significant that's an it's an over a hundred percent increase you should have enough control over your medical decisions and <laughs> awareness I, i'm saying this in, in america i know it's hilarious we should be empowered to ask the question of what has changed in my environment to increase this 100 percent mm -hmm. none of it is safe and like you yeah. said like what's considered elevated and why we're not allowed to when we get our blood pressure done even me as a vegetarian having to get my b count and my iron count and all those things why is my blood lead level not part of that makeup work yeah of that blood work to get done even if it's only every three years if my lead count has gone up i need to know what's causing it especially in the light of this chronic lead stress Especially might, in light with corporations not having regulations anymore, well, preventing totally. them from not using it. Totally. So going back to this study, quote, primary sources contributing to both occupational exposure of lead and its environmental burden include battery manufacturing, painting industries, and explosives and ammunition. Populations at risk for health effects from chronic exposure include firing range staff and those with significant time training in shoot houses. And recent evidence indicates that military members are particularly at increased risk of exposure to elevated levels of lead. Iraq and Afghanistan present a higher risk of exposure as they are two of six countries who did not comply with international standards of low lead levels in gasoline up until 2013. Lead residues from fuel exhaust can permeate the soil and contaminate food or groundwater. And an assessment of air quality in Afghanistan revealed that lead is one of the main causes of air quality deterioration, end quote. So we had a war in Afghanistan for over mm -hmm. 10 years mm -hmm. before they changed this regulation. Yep. That is, uh, it's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to know. And again, why were we even there in the first place? Yeah. It's not even where I'm going. Freedom. So we are far from done from this subject. And as is usually the case, this episode took a turn from where I originally started. But I have to go with my gut when it comes to that. And seeing that article in Rome, Georgia, with a woman who calls herself Burn It Down. Yeah. With the fall of the Roman Empire's linked to lead poisoning, it had to be discussed. We'll be touching more on the topic of lead-blooded Americans in future episodes, and also when discussing topics on our new spinoff coming called The Cult of Corporation. Because just a friendly reminder that lead toxicity is a worldwide crisis, 
And we do plan on looking at the larger scope when we have time because this topic is a big old onion with a lot of layers and we are going to peel back as many as we can. And once you do begin peeling back these layers, it becomes more and more shocking just how widely ignored and suppressed discussions about lead exposure are. Other than Ruby's, you know, lead levels and like, oh, these are things you have to look at. Like you can't eat paint chips, watch out for the toys. Don't drink tap water. I feel like that's where a lot of people's understanding of lead ends. Yeah, even that is problematic. So this case study too, quote, given the numerous overlapping physical and behavioral symptoms of elevated body lead burden, patients who have yet to be diagnosed yet are suffering from ill effects of lead toxicity may initially present in psychiatric clinics. Lead toxicity frequently goes undiagnosed and should be considered in cases involving multiple comorbidities consistent with lead toxicity. And the study says, quote, we present a case of a military officer with episodic panic, hypersensitive crisis that was determined to be secondary to chronic lead exposure, end quote. So fascinating. Mm-hmm. And scary that we're not spotlighting this yeah we're not talking about this with the rise of the mental instability and a lot of these people who are sucked into the alternative reality that angela rubino and other people following that trump's alternate reality they are the people that are the most at risk of lead exposure Hmm. and they're showing the symptoms the hallucinations the apathy, the anger, it appears to be so connected. Now we're going to go into the case of the military officer in this report over on Patreon and the extended version of this week's episode. So if you're interested in hearing more, please consider supporting the podcast on Patreon to unlock extended audio episodes and other bonus content. But you can also just read the rest of this case study by yourself on your own by heading to our sources that are listed under every episode description and learn more about how much we just don't know about our exposure to lead. Thanks for tuning in, everyone, and we will see you next week. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to United States of Lead, hosted by Andrea Elizabeth and Paul Kramer. Want to know more about this subject? Consider making a donation on Patreon, where you can unlock extended video episodes and bonus content like deep dives and exclusive interviews. Just a quick disclaimer, Andrea and Paul are not experts in lead poisoning, We do ask that you check our sources and read up a little bit more on your own. Thanks again for listening.